This is Blake Seven in Character, the podcast that travels at Standard by Five to seek out elements from the classic TV show. We'll be taking a look at the one-off characters and occasionally the not-so-one-offs, who they are, what we think, the actor's backstory, and anything that occurs to us as we waffle away. So, stand by to teleport, but this is going to be spoiler-heavy, so it's advisable that you watch the episode first. Hello and welcome to episode 11 and hello Ian. Hello Eric. Here we go, here we go. I, I think this is the first time on the show where we are, we're actually having a second dip into a tale. Yeah, um, I, I was thinking this as I watched it. It's like, oh, is this, this, is this the first time it is that we've, it is. That we've covered in an episode that we've also covered before? Only, although we only covered it very lightly, didn't we? We were looking at the Mutoids, weren't we? Yeah. It was for the Mutoids uh, special. Um, we, yeah, were, we were eyeing up Glynis Barber carefully, weren't we? We That's were, what... we were, yes. But here we are, we're back again, and this time we're going to take our first ever look at a goodie by the name of Avalon. Avalon. Yes, um, and uh, a good good episode, this. I, I was looking forward to this. Something um, I thought about the other day is... You know, we were talking, we've talked quite a bit about, you know, Blake's universe is some way off quite a few centuries in the future and just how much of our world is remembered, you know, yeah. and, and acknowledged. And I was thinking about the other day, Avalon, the name Avalon, you know, the Celtic, you know, uh, mythology, you know, otherworldly realm, you know, their version of heaven. You know, the name Avalon yeah. is, you know, going back, thousands of years and it seems that that word is still being used thousand uh, years or so in the future i guess yeah or they really enjoy the music of frankie avalon and that's that's lived on or the Probably roxy music not. song yeah well actually yeah that that could be it it they could be, be that on some planets brian ferry is worshipped as a god how about that? Well, it used to be this planet, didn't it? Let's face it. It used to be around about yeah. 1981, definitely. Around about the same time they made this episode. Yeah, Roxy Music yeah. were very big, you know? They were huge, yeah. So, yeah, I wonder, I mean, I, I obviously picked up on the, um, you know, the King Arthur type, the Vale of Avalon type uh, ideas for it. Um, but it, it's an interesting character as well, this, that the, the influences, which we'll hopefully go into a little bit deeper, but yeah, it, 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 I've got a fair number of notes for this one. So All right. Well, okay. I hope well, let's get started. The long haul. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Everyone, settle down. This might take yeah. a while. All right. Yes. If you've got a bit of decorating to do, this I think might be ideal. the ideal think, uh, yeah. ideal episode. All right. So as I say, we've we've talked about this story before when we were talking about the mutoids, and when we did that, we covered the opening. Of it, which is when you've got Travis in his fancy snorkel jacket. Yeah, he's uh, in his snorkel jacket, looking hard as nails. Yeah, alongside uh, Glynis Mutoid, wasn't he? You know. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. One interesting thing, I also um, uh, listened to the novelization of this episode. Um, you can get CDs really cheap on the eBay, a couple of quid for both of them, um, and they're very well read um, by Garrow and Jacqueline Pierce. But this. Uh, and it was interesting that they're not mutoids. Ian, 
Ian, yeah, hello. hang on. You are breaking up like mad. Absolutely oh, right. breaking up like mad. Hang on, I'm oh, making well, a note of this uh, 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 as a time to edit something else. You completely started breaking up, saying oh, yeah. about, you know, you listened to the novelization. Yeah. It all started going wrong. I'm making uh, a note of this. Um, I didn't, normally when that happens, I get a um, poor signal quality pop-up on Skype, but no, there was nothing. No, nothing happened at this end, and you sound fine now. It'd be interesting to see whether, have a look and see whether that recorded the breakup. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll carry on. If, if, if we carry on with you saying, I listen to the novelization, yep. okay? okay? All right. Off you go now. Well, for this one, I actually listened to the novelization as well as a little bit of research just to see how they handled it. Um, and the, you can get these CDs really cheaply on eBay at the moment. Um, they're read by Paul Darrow and Jacqueline Pierce. They do a really good job. They're really good uh, good things to listen to if you've got a car journey, etc. Um but the, the, the mutoids in the book are actually androids. They're not mutoids. What? Yeah, they're androids. And that sort of filtered in a little bit more that I thought, because one, one of my notes in this for a bit later on when we get to the scene is that are androids common? Because certain lines make it seem like androids are common and certain lines don't. And I wondered if the mutoids were meant to be androids. Oh. And that would that sort because they say they say uh, that the uh, spoilers that the uh, Avalon android is a basic Omega model, mm. and I at that point I thought oh basic so they, these androids must be about and I wonder if and there's a little caveat to our uh, mutoid episode whether we've been getting this wrong all along and that they these mutoids were gonna be androids oh. all along because of course the novels were written from the uh, the pre-production scripts. Script. Yeah. yeah. So, and I, I, I listened to it and I thought, why have I never picked it up before? Oh, see, that explains their, you know, very cold, you know, emotionless uh, yeah. vocal style as well, doesn't it? That's it. So, I, you know, it's, it's interesting. I mean, I, I don't know whether we'll ever, whether the, the original scripts exist and that. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I, I watched it and I thought, that sort of ties in with this episode as well. That, you know, no, no one really expresses a great deal of surprise that this android exists, mm. other than Avon saying it's a particularly well-programmed android. But we've never seen them before. We never see no. them again. Yeah, so I, I wonder if, yeah, that was the original idea for the mutoids. That also explains something we were talking on the mutoid episode about, you know, when you see Travis there in his fancy snorkel jacket, Glynis yep. mutoid sat next to him, um... She's not wearing any jacket or, or any sort of thermal yeah. uh, coverings at all. If she's an android, right. she wouldn't need it then. Exactly. Because we were sort of saying that even if she'd had a, like a, a hibernic rebuild, her skin would still get yeah. frostbite. But yeah, I, I, I think this all sort of ties together. They're, they're emotionless, their ability to be reprogrammed, their, you know, the way they're acting, the look. Yeah, I think, it all, I think these were, were going to be androids. I wonder right. why they didn't went go with it if it was. I don't know. I don't know. But that is a very interesting point. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that. Well done. Yeah. All you right. can go back into the old episode and edit it in. Oh, okay, I will. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So they're on a planet that seems to be a planet of superimposed snow because not yeah. at any point do you believe that snow is real. That's terrible snow. It's terrible, terrible, terrible snow. snow. Terrible, terrible. Um, and they go through a cave entrance into Wookiee Hole. Yes, um, they 
I, I wrote that on my. I, I thought we could get a little laugh out of Wookie Hole, but Wookie Hole, yeah. <laughs> did it, does I mean, did we explain before what Wookie Hole is? Just in case people think we're like, with it's something to do with Chewbacca. Should yeah. we explain what Wookie Hole is? It's to... funny you should mention Chewbacca because uh, a few years ago we we went back to uh, Wookie Hole and I had my photo taken by the uh, the the village sign Wookiee Hole and I put that yeah. up on Star Wars in character to say hey I'm at uh, I'm at a Wookiee Hole um, yes would you like to explain to people who don't know what Wookiee Hole is what Wookiee Hole is um, it's a it's a series of caves um, that I can't even think where it's not Cheddar Gorge is it is it, it somewhere is. down it's just outside it's Cheddar, Cheddar Gorge yeah. in Somerset it's, yes because last, last time I went I must have been about eight or nine so it's one of those places where schools regularly do school trips and they take you in there and it's a, it's a an extensive cave system that had habitation um quite late on up into mm. uh, you know british history um and it's it's a really good place and it's it's very very atmospheric uh and they they when you're going around they take you tell you all about these you know uh crappy ghost stories and the, witch. and the witch yeah. um, and they, they did have a, um, a gargoyle stuff cup on a wall at one point I don't know whether that's still there and that you can actually google search that and people have, have put that on like uh, um, cryptozoology sites saying this was shot in a cave in no it was in Wookiee Hole yeah. um, dodgy but it's, it was used in uh, Revenge of the Cybermen and, which was directed uh, by the same guy who directed this story. Ah, so perhaps he's got a thing for Wookie Hole. He's got a thing for Wookie Holes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know. Yeah. Um, I, 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 if you haven't yeah. been there for a while, Ian, you would have a shock if you went back because they've they, they, they've quite. It's not changed because you know, of course, these are millions of years old. These caves and they're very sympathetic to it for uh, health and safety. The step. It, it was very interesting to watch this episode again, and where you see. Um, Stephen Grief and Glynis Barber walking down the steps. When I started going there in the eighties, that's how it was. But they've yeah. they they they've kind of like you know for health and safety reasons they've made things a bit more you know safer. But they've commercialised it. There's a system that there's a part of the system of the caves which has gone into fantasy. So you've got all these dummies everywhere. You say about that gargoyle, but now yeah. you've got dragons and and uh, and elves and trolls and all that in there, and it's all a bit naff. You know, um, you do find a way of ruining things, don't we? <laughs> you know, the 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 actual history of the place should be interesting enough for anyone. You shouldn't have to yeah. tack on. I mean, that just sort of sums up what you've got to do these days to get anyone to pay attention. Yeah. What, that, that, that what, what I said there about the witch, you know, there is a legend of a witch of Wookiee Hole. You know, she was a, a witch who lived in the caves and there was lots of mischief happening. And they went to Glastonbury and they got the uh, priest. I think he was Michael. can't remember his name, but a priest came down and he goes into the caves and he finds the witch and her cat, sprinkles holy water and she turns to stone. And there's a stalactite there that vaguely resembles yeah. a witch and her cat and that's still there and it's not actually far away from the uh the cave the cavern that's got the lake in it or the pool in it yeah. that is featured in this episode if the camera had turned round you know 180 degrees you would have seen that stalagmite there you know uh, so it's very interesting anybody who's a Blake 7 fan that's never been to Wookiee Hole I do recommend you go there because if you can ignore all the crass 
you know, commercialization around it. Once you're in there and you get to this cavern with this lake, it is, of course, unchanged since the time of filming almost 40 years ago. Yeah, it's um, even even without the connection to the filming. I mean, that gives you a little extra thrill, but it's it's a it's a, a really good sort of morning day out. If you're interested yeah. in that sort of thing, yeah, it's. Uh, I, I remember it was. I think I went there two or three times with the school. It seemed to be a, a sort of a, a standard thing. I suppose it was cheap. Yeah. <laughs> Just send some kids into a cave, yeah. Um, but yeah, it, but the trouble is, it's one of those. Once you know Wookie Hole, it, you you recognise it whenever it appears. Yeah. And um, because of its, I mean, there's not not that many cave systems like that in sort of Britain. It was used a lot for filming. They filmed a lot of stuff there. Mm-hmm. Right, so they're down there. They're in there. They meet one of Avalon's men, who we find out is a traitor. And uh, he says that Avalon is moving her people into the winter headquarters um, and that she's made contact with Blake for transport to a safer planet. Yeah, this 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 was quite sort of interesting. The The... The not entirely fleshed out rationale of why Avalon's there. So um, they they make mention that some subterrons is that what they call them? Oh, I'm going to talk Subter- about that yeah. in a minute. <laughs> um, and and it, I thought this was interesting. That it was like um, she's moving to her winter quarters. Yeah. And it's like, but you've just said that this planet is like for eight years is an ice block. So I wonder where these winter quarters are. And who are her people? This is a question I, yeah. I've, I've got for later on. Yeah, we've got these... The native people are called subterrons. And yeah. we, Which I don't we think see... the people we see are the subterrons, are they? That I was my question. Are they the subterrons yeah. or are they not? I just... I sort of assumed they were her people because they yes. sort of... They make... They sort of say these subterrons are... I mean, Avon's got that lovely line of, you know, they live in caves. Quite what that says about their intelligence uh, is left to the, the, the person. But... Yeah, I, I sort of thought they these aren't. I mean, unless the subterrans have have developed a you know a, a historic weaponry range of products to sell because they're all using M16s, which just <laughs> that 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 annoyed me. I, I oh. get annoyed easily these days. That annoyed me. That would be like because this is again the, the timing of Blake Seven. So if we if if it's set like 400 years in the future, this would like be like going you know doing a, a film on. The war in Afghanistan and giving people blunderbusses or, yeah. you know, uh, arquebus, you know, rifles. It's it's so silly, and it must have they must have had stock weaponry, you know, old yeah. Doctor Who stuff they could have used. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah, it, it it's shoddy, isn't it? It yeah. it just doesn't look right. No, doesn't no. fit. No. The Liberator's in orbit. They've locked onto Avalon's signal, and uh, Blake tells Jenna to get kitted up to go down with him, as uh, she's the only person that's ever seen Avalon. Avalon. Yeah, again, one of these throwaway lines to give Jenna something to do, isn't it? To try and make her uh, in, in, integral into the plot. Yeah, I've got um, a bit of it. I've got a bit of info on that in okay. behind the scenes, which because, we'll talk to. Talk yeah, about. it's. It's interesting as well that it made me think because when we finally get to see Avalon, she's she's very young. Mm-hmm. Now I understand, you know, they they were going for sort of the Che Guevara style of young revolutionary leader, but it doesn't really fit with some of the other stuff they sell. So it's like, when did Jenna 
meet her yeah. because <laughs> yeah was yeah. she was she like 12 at the time well jen jenna's been on the liberator uh for a, an amount of time now and yeah. we don't know how long she's been doing a smuggling thing before she was captured so yes yes this but you is, feel yeah. it's it, it's more than a year don't you you feel it's more than a it's year it's much otherwise, more than a year yeah because she says oh well i only met her once uh, but i'm not 100 percent. yeah yeah i think that's it if you if you if you have met this person recently you wouldn't have you know you wouldn't be in that sort of thing it, it uh i get the feeling that the part was originally written for an older person mm. i don't know why i mean i've got i mean i'll, I'll come out and say i know we're getting well ahead, well ahead of ourselves but the the actress that plays avalon i don't like i don't think she's convincing at all, all right. and it's not to say she's a bad actress because i'm sure in something but she just at no point do i buy that this lady is a, a charismatic resistance leader that can get people to follow her indeed indeed all right well we'll talk about that when we yeah. get to it but right now we've got the liberator it's in orbit there's also apparently a bunch of pursuit ships yeah. uh, in orbit too on the other side of the planet yeah just just trolling about on the other side of the planet they don't yes. seem too concerned about it do they either no no and yes and and that's when avon comes in and avon's got a load of expo uh, exposition as to exactly why they're there i've summarized the relevant data and we've come at the worst time of course the northern hemisphere is just entering its winter cycle they call it the long cold Something of an understatement. It lasts the equivalent of eight and a half Earth years. Does it support any intelligent life? Does the Liberator? There are humanoid creatures called Subterons. They live in caves. Quite what that says for their intelligence, I really wouldn't know. Why are the Federation there? Minerals. About 30 years ago, it was discovered that deposits were seeping down into the ice and forming gemstones of outstanding purity and hardness. They are called ice crystals. The Federation uses them in heavy-duty lasers. They are mined by the Subterons as a slave labor force. Ah, that is why Avalon's here. Perhaps. But the ice crystals are unique and, as such, quite valuable. No. Avalon has started resistance movements on a dozen Federation planets. Another idealist, poor but honest. I shall look forward to our meeting with eager anticipation. Yeah, he's in his best uh, plot device mode, isn't he, on Avon in this one? Yeah. Get some great lines, though. I, don't, I could listen to Avon just reading the plot out, to be honest. Just give, oh, him, he's, give him everyone's he, he, script and get him to read it. I have a problem on this show is in, in that when I, uh, you know, put an audio clip in, yeah. if it's an Avon clip, I don't want to edit it. No, know, I because... it's, it's, it's sacrilegious to you need to yes. leave him. You need yeah. the full text of what Avon says. It just doesn't it just doesn't feel yeah. right. But you can um, see why he was the breakout character for this. Oh, show, absolutely. He's absolutely. I mean, as much as I loved some of the other characters, Villa, I love Blake is good. But undeniably. Paul Darrow as Avon is head and shoulders above every other thing in this show. And not just from the get go Avon. as well. From yeah. the get go. Yeah. yeah. He hit, hits the ground running in that weird way he runs, <laughs> but he hits the ground running. <laughs> With his arms out at forty five. Yeah. He does degrees, a bit of that yes. in this episode, doesn't it? And as ever he since does. he mentioned there, I notice it now. He resembles a pyramid. He puts yeah. his arms out at like 45 degrees and he's like a running pyramid. Yeah. It's so strange. Seems his character, <laughs> though, I suppose. 
It does. Um, yeah, I mean, we were saying just then, but yeah, it's very Terry Nation how the life forms that live in caves are called subterrons. Yeah. It's very, very Terry yeah. Nation. And also, I, I rolled my eyes, and it's only since doing this podcast that this has become apparent to me. Once again, they need crystals for the weaponry. <laughs> Uh, so when it, when they said it, I, I wrote down on my. Um, I, I, I'll be honest, my notes are on a KFC napkin. That's how prepared I. <laughs> and I wrote down on it, bloody crystals again. again, again, and not just any crystals. You know, you're on an ice planet, and they're called ice crystals. That's not imaginative to just call them ice crystals. Well, so what? What makes yeah. that ice crystal, you know, different to any other ice crystal? Crystals are crystal. What annoys me is that the Federation and the 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 system of both developed weapon systems independently that run on crystals that are hard to get. <laughs> Burks, don't it would be like? In fact, let's go back to the M16 as that's in this show a lot. It'd be like the the American military buying up the M16 and then saying to the producers, "Okay, can we have some ammunition? Oh, it's very rare. Oh, <laughs> yeah, well, stuff that gun then." Yeah, it, it makes no sense to, that they, they tie their entire weaponry systems into a crystal that is hard to get and is only available on certain planets. Yeah, it is nonsense, isn't it? Terry yeah. Nation. Terry <laughs> yeah. Nation. And, of course, they're mined by the subterrons as yeah. a slave labor force. And Blake says that's why Avalon is there. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he also says that Avalon has started resistance movements on a dozen different planets. And I'm guessing that's similar maybe to what Blake was doing before he got caught. Um, yeah. Again, though, a, a dozen planets. Let's conservatively say that she spent a year on each. Otherwise, you're, right. not, not, you're not starting a resistance movement in a couple of weeks, are you? I wouldn't yeah. have thought. Yeah, that's 12 years at the minimum. Even if it she was six months, young. that's six yeah. years. Yes. Yeah. And yet, and yet Blake, in, in episode one, when he's still a good citizen... He doesn't seem too drugged up, so you see. No. And but yeah, they, no, there's no real resistance. You don't feel he's quite surprised when he sees some resistance people. Yeah, yeah, and 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 you know when you first see Blake and when you hear about you know you used to be a a, a resistance leader, you get a feeling it's all political. It wasn't you know yeah. considered to be terrorist acts. It was more. So in the seed of resistance yeah. rather than physical attacks on anything, you know? Yeah, you didn't you didn't yeah, you you don't get feeling that it's a, a rebellion in the the Star Wars sense of a rebellion. No, it was I never changing an idea, idea, wasn't it? Yeah. It's to get people to say, uh actually I don't want to be whipped. <laughs> yeah. It was more yeah. political, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 I, I wonder did these subterrans contact um, Avalon. Every time I say Avalon now, I keep I'm thinking of Avalon. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody hell! Um, you can't help it, can you? Yeah. I wonder if her first name was Frankie. Um, so yeah, I wonder if the sub subterranean. I was going to say subterraneans. That's Stingray, isn't it? It is. <laughs> yeah. The subterrans, Um I wonder if they contacted Avalon, or whether she's um, hoved into view and they said, "No, you need a rebellion. We're, we're happy. No." See, no, for you all you know, yeah, yeah, for all you know, these subterrons might not be that sophisticated. They might be yeah. like the Morlocks in the time machine yeah. or something. They might, you know? be, they might be loving it. Three meals a day <laughs> and a, a, a little cave of your own. 
health plan and everything. Yes, yes, yes. All right, but uh, down on the planet, Avalon's people are ambushed by the mutoids, and Avalon (laughs) is told to give herself up. Grabbed by the mutoids, yeah. Grabbed by the mutoids. Well, Stuart Fell is grabbed by a mutoid and gets a pistol to the face. Little Stuart Um, Fell. As soon as you see him, you know something bad's going to happen to his character, don't you? (laughs) Poor old Stuart Fell. Who betrayed us? Take off. Shall I smash it? No. Give Blake his homing beacon. Make it easier for him. Finish it. Um, the signal device is left on... Uh, and her people, or subterons, we don't really know, uh, are gunned down. Which, looking at it now, that's quite a sustained attack on them, you know, for a 7 o'clock Monday night family show, isn't it? Yeah, I do. I I like these Federation guns, and I like the way they fire and the little plop-plop noises it makes. And the puff Um, of smoke. Yeah, a little puff of smoke. And this this sort of rivals the the way back for the amount of shots fired, doesn't it? Yes. In this little sequence. I think they fire more shots later on. Um, I always... Again, uh, it makes me sound like a right nut job. I always like it when we get a, a little massacre with the Federation <laughs> guards. I always like that. I like, you know, that's what I remember as a kid. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, what have I got next? Um, Blake and Jenna, they teleport down in their, lo- I know you've made these yourself, their love lovely them. color-coded jackets, haven't they? Yeah, these these were the sort of the, Liberator uniforms for series one, wasn't it? These were their their away mission togs. Um, I do, I do love them, and I, I and again being being a costumer, every time they appear, I sort of look look for little bits and and you notice things on it, and they're so well. Although they're 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 dead simple to put together as a, a costume, and they're very simple to keep cheap, but they look so good, and they're just they obviously put a bit of money into these costumes, and then they drop them completely, don't they? From yeah. So you they never see disappear. them again after season one. Oh, they're really neat. They are really nice, especially compared to what some of the other you know costumes are coming up in the yeah. series. Yeah, yeah. I would take a resistance movement more serious if they wore nice things like this rather than flouncy leather bat wings. <laughs> <laughs> Green leather bat wings Green as well. Leather, yeah. 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 All right. Did you, they. Did fi- you in, sorry. In this, just going back to this sequence of shooting. Did you notice that? Um, uh, Travis, because he takes a gun off of one of the mutoids mm. and he threatens the guy. Do you notice his, when he's looking, when he's pointing his gun straight at the camera, it looks different to the other uh, rifles. You know the 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 conduit yeah. on the side. It looks much 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 thinner. And I was I thought thinking, I wonder if there was there wasn't a set design to these guns. No, they... isn't it a pistol though? I don't think it's the rifle. I think when he that that Stuart Fell when he puts the gun up to yeah. Stuart Fell, I think it's a pistol oh, rather than the rifle. Ah, you might that might be why it looks completely. Yeah, different. it's the pistol. Yeah. It's the pistol, I think. Yeah, I don't think it's his. It must be Glynis Mutoids. Yeah, yeah, because she uh, seems Travis, to be in charge. Yeah, Travis's little uh, sidearm. If he hit anyone with it, they would just laugh, wouldn't they? His <laughs> so, is, is pistol's so uh, tiny, puny, puny yeah. pistol. Yeah. Um. So they find all. Avalon's people, they're all dead except for Chevna, who, you know, as you say, somehow has an M16 machine gun. 
Um, yeah. Now this this um, I was going to look up the actor's name for Chevna, and I'm sure we're covering it. But I thought this is a lovely little sort of how all the BBC stuff is interlinked, isn't it? So this this character was in a Doctor Who story called Robots of Death. Mm-hmm. Robots, androids, you know, all fits together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he he played uh, Tawong Capel, who was like That's creating mad right. androids. And also in that episode was um, Brian, Brian Croucher, yeah. yeah, who went on to be Travis. It's uh, it's a small world, isn't it? Or oh, it's just the BBC was a good employer. <laughs> I had I a good th- <laughs> yeah, there's that. And I think also maybe the reason for the M16 machine gun is they needed to take it on to location with them and i'm thinking maybe it's the only really working prop weapon they had that actually worked and made a noise you know but it does smack of the same you know cheap production choice you know that genesis of the daleks had when you had you know scaro but it's all like world war technology wasn't it yeah it's and i know the the average viewer is not going to notice this, um, but for yeah, for for people like us, it, it it jars. It wouldn't have taken much just to, you know, put a bit of of something on it just to disguise it. Or you take the flash eliminators off the front of an M sixteen. Yeah. It looks lovely and futuristic then. Or or paint it silver. Yeah. Which is what the yeah. Tomorrow people did. They just painted anything silver to make it you know science fictiony. Yeah, you do. You say about um. Obviously, this was a you know it, it presumably a blank you know they they could fire blanks blank out. Fire, of it. Right, yeah. But when when we're in the studio, it doesn't seem to work that well, does it? Because I noticed a fair few times <laughs> where they dub the sound effects on. They do. And they it's do. Not firing. <laughs> but Chevna, he says Avalon was taken away, and we cut to Travis with his nifty compad or whatever yeah. that was. I like it. You know, I, sometimes with their clunky technology, it looks a bit. Ooh, I don't know about that. But whatever that is, whatever that's made from, yeah, I quite good. like it. It it looks like it does things. And I like little little bits of business when you see like the Federation doing something. It give it makes it much more realistic than they're just standing around waiting to be evil. You get the yeah. feeling especially you get the feeling especially with um Stephen uh, Grief's uh, Travis. He does a lot of paperwork. I get the he feeling. does. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. There's a bureaucracy side exactly, to it. Yeah, you and know. It, it just it's little things like that 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 increase the believability. Yeah, um, and, and, and for... unless anyone think we're we're ripping into this a bit much, I love this episode. I think it's a really strong episode. Mm. But my, the fact that we love it is why we're pulling it apart. Yeah, well, yeah. that's the ethos for this whole yeah. show, isn't it? Yeah, you know, um, absolutely, absolutely. Um, he tells Glynis Mutoid that they need a fit, expendable human for an experiment. Yeah. That's coming she has a up. little flicker of a smile again, doesn't she? She, she has that so little well. smirk. Yeah. We talked about this on the Mutoid episode. Yeah. She has this little smirk on her face, doesn't she? She's yeah. enjoying her job. She is. But he then goes to see Avalon, who's, um, yeah. well, w- w- what can I say? <laughs> Any problems? Not that I can see. A good, healthy specimen. No deformities or unusual features. The standard triple omega should provide a perfect basis. Good. Can you complete quickly? I think so. We have an experienced team standing by. Everything's ready. Good, good. Remember, if you need any further equipment, you have an absolute priority rating. Demand whatever you want on my authority. Thank you, Commander. Yeah, I um, I remember this episode when, from when it was first on. I was a little 10-year-old boy. And I wonder whether this scene 
and a couple of other scenes are the reason I remember it. Because <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah, for for a, a six o'clock BBC program of this era, it's a it's a bit saucy, isn't it? It's a bit. It is a, a bit lot saucy. Of flesh on show. Do you think she's actually naked under uh, those no, straps? I, I wouldn't have thought so. I mean, it, it they tend to. I mean, yeah, I don't know, but I wouldn't have thought so. Knowing the 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 fact that you pulled a camera back, you've got twenty uh, UK equivalent of Teamsters doing stuff behind the camera. I wouldn't have thought it would have been fair on the actress. I don't know. It might have done, but... I don't know. It's the way that camera angle is. The camera yeah. angle is up high, and I am looking at that and thinking, if that cam- if she's naked and that camera angle was a bit lower, <laughs> you, know, yeah. you can't broadcast it. <laughs> it's um, it's dear, interesting oh as well, yeah. it's. Uh, I mean, to be fair, though, they, as we've said before, there is an equal opportunity... Uh, showing some flesh, isn't it? Because we do get to see Blake with his top off in one of the episodes. Yes. So, but not you know. this much. Not you this did. much, no. When, um, it, interesting it, it, that she's she's in strapped into the machine from episode one, isn't she? That Blake yes. is in. Yeah, yes. the, she click, 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 click machine. And whereas Gareth Thomas played that brilliantly where you felt this was eating into his mind. Yeah. The the, the actress playing Avalon, she plays it as if exactly what it is, that this clicking is a bit annoying. Yeah, she, she's quite no, chatty, isn't she? Yeah, it, she's chatting in a normal way, as if she's like a dentist or something. And and this this clicky is like, oh, that's, oh it's going to get on my wick in a minute. Yeah. But I don't ever get any feeling that, that she's in mortal danger or no. that this is eating into her brain like it's meant to. Yeah, this, yeah she's very, this is the very... problem I've got with this. I mean, everything, you know, the click, 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 click machine. Yeah, everything's aimed at her, her head and her yeah. memories and her personality. So why does she need to be near naked for it? Uh pervy doctors? I don't. Well, know. that was my next thing. That doctor. <laughs> yeah, he's a bit He's, he's hovering over it. He's a bit yeah. disturbing, isn't he? Yeah, he's uh he's, I'd be more worried about him than I would of Travis. I was very worried about him. Oh my goodness, he seems to be enjoying that quite a bit, you know. I, I also like saying, jokingly, we're saying that, but I also like the fact that at no point is there any uh, anything from Travis other than no absolute business. We had this in Jewel, didn't we? There is yeah. absolutely nothing to infer any sort of, you know. Uh, th- th- there's nothing sexual about no. Travis whatsoever. He, he, he's a man to do the doing job. Their job. Yeah, they, it yeah. might not necessarily be a, a, a job that most people consider, a, you know, uh, you know, right or moral. But these people are doing their job, and it would have been so easy. And, and again, hats off to the the production crew. It would have been so easy to to have him leering over her. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. Know. <laughs> All right. All right, but that that disturbing doctor, he says that yes. a standard triple omega should yeah. do the job. Okay. Right, I, I, later on in this episode we're going to see that, you know, Avalon is an android, but uh um I I want to save quite a bit of talking about this for a special episode that we're going to do. We're actually going to do an All episode right. on robots in um you know the blake seven universe okay right but he yeah he says a standard triple omega should do the job and avalon as you say is quite chatty and tries to be defiant but every time he's knocked back by travis you should be flattered by all this special attention 
Anyone who opposes the Federation knows what to expect if they get captured. It's a risk we're all prepared to take. <laughs> Obviously. But whatever the risk, no one really ever expects to get caught, do they? Hmm? Still, I wish I could find the same urge to sacrifice among my subordinates. They have no cause. <laughs> True. Every year, more people defy the Federation. 30 planets in this sector alone. And others will follow. Many others. Yes, well, you'll tell us about those, won't you? Their leaders, locations, their plans. I'm sure we'll be able to convince them that loyalty to the Federation is, after all, in their best interests. I know enough about these machines to realize that I will tell you everything. You will murder hundreds of people, maybe thousands. But you won't end the opposition. You'll never end it. <laughs> Perhaps not. However, we shall persevere. You're right, of course. You will tell us everything. But first, we need you for a far more important venture. We've codenamed it Project Avalon. I won't help you. You can't force me to help you. Don't be naive. I can force you to do anything. It isn't necessary, though. You're already helping me. Just by being here, you've set in motion a chain of events that's been absolutely predetermined. I don't understand. No? Did you think your capture at this particular point was a match of chance? It was a carefully calculated strategy. You're worth a great deal to me. You're going to give me Blake, his crew, and his undamaged ship. The Federation wants the Liberator. You and I are going to give it to them. There's almost no animosity from Travis. No. He's very matter-of-fact, where she said, you know, I'll tell you nothing. Yeah, you will. <laughs> it's, there's just no, there's no, um, he's not threatening it. He doesn't have to. He's, it's such a, a well-acted of someone that's in power mm. and knows they're in power and knows they've got, I mean, both, both Travis's have, have got strengths. And I, I love Brian Crouchy as Travis, but Stephen Grief did have that element of that he's in power now brian croucher obviously we never saw his travis particularly in power no he was broken by then but he yeah, was a lunatic wasn't he but yeah, this he had, travis he's got that assurance about him hasn't he yeah he has and and his plans should work yeah i'd have loved to have seen him come off on top once just once he didn't need a lot <laughs> but yeah his yeah. plans should work they're so clever yeah avalon herself here we are here is our character she's yeah. okay uh, but like <laughs> like we say yeah she's okay she's she's far too young and yeah. she's far too wishy-washy i mean somebody who started a dozen, dozen revolutions i see more as an older like buddhika or bodhisattva type more yeah. like um what's her name uh kasabi who we see um you know in a later show um yeah. you know a rebel leader a female equivalent of blake but this one is yeah she's too wet she's too lightweight and not for one minute do you are you convinced that yeah she could instill um revolution in no, a people it's, it's like I say I, they're obviously going for the the che guevara style of mm. revolutionary leader now of course in real life che guevara didn't do a lot with the revolution he was almost their poster boy they tried yeah. getting rid of him a few times he didn't do a lot and it's it could have worked I think they could have done it with someone as young as this actress, but 
they need they needed, they needed a bit more meat, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, they needed a reason for people to follow. Now, say what you like about Gareth Thomas. He does play it that you can imagine that people would rightly or wrongly follow him. Mm. But I can't imagine anyone following um, uh, Avalon. No. Other than that pervy doctor. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, and it, I halfway through watching this scene, I thought, has anyone told her it's not the rehearsal? <laughs> and it I is, honestly it's... thought that, yeah. It's very lightweight, isn't it? It's all very lightweight. She's reading I mean, her lines. Yeah. That's all Travis is. is great. I love Travis in this bit, yeah. you know. He he really is good. Um, we cut across to the our good guys, and Chevna helps Blake and Jenna get to the centre. But to get inside, they need Villa, okay? Yeah. Who, being Villa, objects. And we get a him. nice insult from Avon at this point. Callie, we hear you. Villa, get on a thermal suit and come down here fast. Me? Oh, now, wait a minute. It's cold out there, and I'm very susceptible to low temperatures. I've got a weak chest. The rest of you is not very impressive. There follows... Oh, this is the worst bit um, on this show, I think. Even worse than the casting of, you know, Avalon, is that comedy moment where Villa faffs his, as he puts his thermal clothing on. Yeah, I... You, I got the feeling that if we could get the original script, there would just be like a bracketed thing. It says uh, Villa does some comedy stuff. Yeah, it, it doesn't. It, yeah. it doesn't work, does it? I mean, there's misjudged looks from Avon and Callie, yeah. and 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 that terrible maniacal grinning from Avon as as he um, you know teleports. Uh, yeah, I, Villa it's down. It's almost like it's almost like he's gone. He's gone. Oh, we did it successfully. <laughs> It's really weird, and I got the feeling that perhaps was from earlier on. Perhaps that's when he's meant to be watching Villa. I, I think it's, what it's he's meant to be edited. doing. I think he's meant to be grinning because he's meant to teleport Villa down halfway through Villa getting ready. So Villa's not ready when he arrives. You know, he hasn't turned the heating up and stuff like that. But it's just done so badly. You know, when you've got those quizzical looks from Avon and Callie while he's putting his jacket on. It's just not staged very well. I mean, the idea is sound, you know, but the staging is completely off. It's like like a lot of um, scenes when they don't work in Blake 7. It wouldn't take much to fix it, and it's usually, you're right, it's down to the fixed camera. Yeah. But it, it needed something to do it just... And the shots are too long on doing Yeah, it goes that. on it, far, yeah. far too yeah. long, and it's not done very well. Um, but Travis's subject is brought in, and Servalan arrives with a box with a ball in it. Yeah. And and before we see what the ball looks like, she says there's been two attempts on her life um, attributed to Blake. Now, I, I was wondering, watching it this time, is that true, or are we seeing the seeds of the Federation Civil War that's going to be coming later on? Hope is very dangerous. The loss of it can be fatal. And the source of it all is about to be wiped out. I think you should know that there's been considerable criticism of your handling of the Blake affair. What? Well, so far, your operation has been very costly. And there have been no worthwhile results. That's not entirely just. There have been two occasions where I could have destroyed Blake. It was only the administration's insistence that the Liberator be captured undamaged that stopped me. I have made that point in your defense. But I can't go on making excuses. I've been under considerable pressure to replace you. Oh? Oh, so far I have resisted that pressure. 
But now, I need your reassurance that my confidence has not been misplaced. I think Project Avalon will silence the critics. It does seem an excellent plan. It should have every chance of success. I'm glad you approved. Oh, Travis, you know better than that. In my position, one never approves anything until it is an undisputed success. Yeah. However, you have my full support. Unofficially, of course. Of course. Officially, you have my presence and my attention. Yeah, well, it could be. I, I, I imagine a lot of their officers would want to get rid of her. Um, yeah. I do love, again, um, Travis's almost heartfelt that he says, I'm, I'm troubled to hear that. It's like <laughs> it's, it's so good, and Servalan is superb in this episode as well. Yeah, you got to love yep. Servalan. She says that you know um, there's been questions raised about you know Travis's handling of the Blake affair, yeah. and he, he says that he could have killed Blake twice if he hadn't been told to leave the Liberator intact. Okay, and uh, now I don't know if he's meaning you know the events of Seek Locate Destroy. Destroy and duel or there have been other no, I think, you know I think there's, there's been other because because no there's no point in either of those episodes where they hold back to to not damage I mean he he's he's doing his all out to destroy it isn't he so I yeah. I think again this is quite nice that this implies a bigger universe of stories we haven't seen um, yeah 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 rather yeah. than rather than sort of retcon in what we've seen and again um you get I, is I know later on we do get, and we when Travis was first introduced, we got people sort of going, oh, are you sure Travis is the right man for the job? Things like that. But is Serverlan just saying this that other people, you know, all oh, others are questioning you? Right. Yeah. I mean, that's a classic management technique, isn't it? Uh, that's a classic me. Serverlan I stood up technique. For you. Yeah. yeah, I stood up yeah. for you, Travis. That's exactly what she would you, do. Yeah, and 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 I sort of. It's that's so lovely little character bits, and I I think Travis knows this because mm. he says sort of says who what you know he wants to know some more details and she just brushes it straight off. Yeah, yeah. So I think and it's nice to see that this is the seeds where they. I'm not entirely sure they trust each other at this point. No, it's it's all very nice to your face, isn't it? Yeah. But you yeah. <laughs> As we'll see in other episodes, we're going to be talking about you know there are. Um, times where people as nice as pie to one another but you just yep. know that they're sneering through their smiles aren't they yeah and and travis is very much a at this point anyway uh of follow the rules guy yeah. so he can't do anything because she is his superior officer yeah yeah so he's he's trapped in that little you know that he, he can't do anything it's 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 um well written it's well written yeah. and again None of this smacks of Terry Nation to me. No. I think this is Chris Boucher. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. All right. Okay. Um, we see the ball then. She gets the ball out, yes. and it's a chroma key affair, isn't it? It is, yeah. It's um, it's quite nicely done. And weirdly, again, the same sort of effect that they used in Robots of Death. Yeah. Uh, which we were talking yeah, about earlier. Yeah, for the eyes. Um, for yeah. the robot's eyes, it's yes. That, the the only trouble in this one, obviously, um, they're, they're, the the colour they're keying off of, because later on we see that one of the teleport bracelets, the the orange uh, fluorescent button on it, that 
keys in straight away yes. when, at the end scene. So they must be keying on orange. And there's obviously some sort of red orange reflected in a lot of the the scenery when it's going along that little conveyor belt. I was going to say, when yeah. you see the ball to begin with, it's absolutely fine. But it, yeah. as soon as there's anything reflective and it sees a bit of that colour, you get the chroma key effect on that as well, don't you? You do, yeah. And it, it sort of dulls the effect a bit again it does. is it if, if you were watching it on a, a you know black and white a, portable a black and white portable you probably wouldn't notice mm. yeah but again we're talking clunky technology as it's put yeah. on a mini conveyor belt that takes it into that subject's room what's and that smashed... built just for that what well, i i was thinking <laughs> what else would this be used for what would you Cracking use eggs? it for yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Is this the, is this the commander's automatic egg? It's cracking? got to be because it's some clunky hammer affair. It looks yeah. to me like it's made from EMA pieces. You've got a few yeah. straight bits, a few you know corners, and you know you you just cobble that together. Yes, yes. They didn't need to as well. They could have just had a hatch and Travis tossed the ball, then closed the hatch. Just throw it in and smash it against yeah. the wall. Yes, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's smashed. The guy grows a fungus all through many dissolves yeah. and uh, turns terrible, into a skeleton. Yeah. It's not very good, is it? It's not very convincing. This, this, this again, smacks of um, limited studio time. You can imagine them rushing to get this effect yeah. done in the studio. Yeah. Um, they wouldn't have had any sort of rollback and, and view ability, so it would have been guesswork. But it's particularly uh, poorly done. Absolutely, yeah. But it seems that the contents kill anything um, and then burns itself out in about 30 seconds or so, doesn't it? Yeah, which they trust that pretty damn well, don't they? <laughs> I, is... I, yeah. I, I wouldn't, wouldn't trust, trust that. that. I wouldn't trust that at all. You've yeah, just seen like, what it can do. Yeah, when is it neutralised? Bing, bing, bing. It should be done now. I'll open the door. No, no, I meant into... Ah! They all yeah. die. End of episode. That would have been a, a, you know, Blake turns up and they're all just skeletons, a skeleton with an eye patch sat there. <laughs> that would have been brilliant. That's a good image. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, back to Blake and Co. And we've got the robot, um, which we haven't really discussed yet. And I don't want us really to discuss too much because, as I say, there's going to be a special episode on robots. But that robot, I mean, that is totally in keeping with the whole you know, non-digital age technology, isn't it? Trundling yes. to me, robot. It's, again, I. it looks all right when it's stationary. Yeah, but they've and not, in photos. They've not of, yeah, and they've not thought of any way of getting it to move. And when it does move, yeah, and it makes that really awful noise. <laughs> um, oh, boy. Oh, boy, well, oh, boy. I, I don't see what, what benefit this robot's got over bung a couple of Federation guards yeah. there. It is. <laughs> it is quite sweet. I like it. You know, yeah, it's cute. Uh, no, I, I'm not seeing any kits of it either. No, one of our um, uh, followers on, you know, our, our We've two got followers. Blake Se- yeah, yeah, yeah. One of our followers on two of our uh, Blake Seven pages that we do, uh, Phil Stevens. I know that he is uh, in the process of making a full size one. Yeah. Um and I know he's met a bit of a stumbling block on dimensions and the things used for it but I can't wait. I Phil, come on. <laughs> get this thing built. Um I want to see a full size one because <laughs> it is so clunky, it is so sweet 
uh, is so naive. <laughs> you know, whatever word yeah, you want to use. It's um, it's of its time, isn't it? Although it, saying that, there you go. Um, Ten years earlier, the Lost in Space robot was damn sight better. So. Yeah, but they had money. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wonder how much it cut. I bet you're probably looking. Yeah, you're probably looking at 150 quid. They probably had to make this thing with. Yeah, as I say, I'm going to keep a lot of this for our, um, yes. you know, robot episode. And maybe, Phil, maybe if you've heard this, maybe you can contribute <laughs> to yeah. that episode. You can tell right. us what, what thickness of plywood it's made from. Yeah, yeah, and what lamps were used and what jam yeah. jars were used for the, l- the light covers and stuff like that. All right. All right, up on the Liberator, they've got trouble. There are Mark IV pursuit ships um, that were on the other side of the planet. I've now detected them. And I'm moving in. They can't warn Blake as he's hiding from the robot. So yeah, they this, leg this happens it. in a few episodes, doesn't it? Where they they can't talk because yeah. a guard's wandering past, or in this case, um, Trendly robot is going past. Mm. Now, interestingly, I this we we did our um, special on space flight uh, a while back, and we were trying to work out what speeds were do you remember that mm-hmm. when yeah, we, we, yeah. we both went to bed with a headache and <laughs> you know. um so i was watching this and this actually gives us a quite good but entirely useless uh, definition of space travel so they say that these these pursuit mark IV pursuit ships are uh coming in at time distort two right yeah and they're two million spatials away okay yeah? And then they say, when will they be in range? They'll be here within a couple of minutes. So let's let's conservatively say two minutes. That gives us a nice calculation that, yeah. that at time distort two, one million spatials is covered in one minute. Yes. Yeah, so time, uh, let's assume that time distorts are equal, because if, if it's going exponentially, we're lost. But if, if that's going equal, so time distort one is 500,000 spatials a minute. Right. Which gives us a lovely baseline, but we don't know what a spatial is. We don't know what a spatial is. No. <laughs> and then later on in the program, after they've ditched these, they're the other side of the planet. They've flown off a bit. And uh, they say they've got to get back. And they say it'll be 20-odd minutes to get back into position. Mm-hmm. And you think, but so how big, if you can cover spatial inactivity, is it that you can't, if you're in orbit of a planet, you can't use time distort? I think I think we're going to have to do another uh, space <laughs> speed follow special. Up. Yeah, I think so. We're going to have All to right. get a team of scientists involved. <laughs> or buy All a right. calculator. All right, I'll book it in. I'll book yeah. it in. Um, in the base, Travis is back on his pad, and you've got Serverland with that VR headset that seems to be everywhere throughout the Blake 7 universe. Yeah, I, I wonder what's on that. Is that the local I news don't know. report? I don't know. It, is it meant to be like a VR device? Is that why it's done? So, yeah. Because yeah. Right. They, they, they make mention of... Um, uh, there must be news getting through. I mean, what, what do people in this Federation do for entertainment? They must. Mm. Perhaps that is. That's their local telly channel. Yeah, yeah. Serverland's watching her programs. You don't know, do you? You really no, you don't. don't know. I mean, you know, if, um, for instance, you know, uh, the Second World War continued into the 60s and television came along, what was happening in Germany? What programs were you seeing that weren't news yeah. and updates on the war? I guess it was all just propaganda. 
So you can yeah, say that's the same with the Federation, how great the Federation is and yeah. what we've done and how we've conquered this and we've put down that, blah, blah, blah. Is, is it sort of um, Starship Troopers levels of, yeah. of adverts, yeah. you know, join the Federation. Yeah, 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 yeah. Get yeah, your yeah. own helmet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I wonder. I like to think that that no matter how far away in the future, our little podcasts have survived. She's listening to us. <laughs> is that what it is? I think so, yeah. She's oh. she's finding out whether a plan works or not. Oh, that's excellent. That's excellent. Yeah. Okay. All right. Oh. They 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 uh they're told the Liberator is in orbit and yep. um Avalon is put into holding cell F two, which is Very gonna be significant later on. Yeah. Yes, yes. Um Blake and Co are in the base now, they've got through that door and they're sneaking around corridors that clearly have walls that are clad in silver fablon because you can see the bubbles and the ripples and the creases in it can't you yeah and in some cases you can already see the holes of the gunshots from later on <laughs> this um this whole sequence must have been filmed either more than once or multiple times because there's a lovely shot a bit later on you you see a federation guard with his his uh, t strain on the front of his helmets crushed in and oh, then later you got on, my note you got I, my uh, note <laughs> did you notice that later on <laughs> yes. you see that happen yeah. Yeah. And it's oh, nice you've that we've got watched my the same thing. <laughs> We're not interested in, in plot or anything like that. We watch people's tea strainers. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, let's get to the tea strainer because yep. Blake bluffs it to capture a guard. You there. What are you doing in this section? I was first posted here by the security commander. My orders were that no one should enter this area. What is the security commander's name? Sub Major Garvin. May I have your name and authority, sir? His name is Blake, and this is his authority. You have a woman prisoner here called Avalon. Where is she being kept? All prisoners are being held in the main detention block. Yeah, quite nicely, I thought. Yeah, I, I, no, I quite like. He's done it very well. I like his swagger. Um, yeah. It's a bit like I mean, we're getting way ahead of ourselves, but when we get to the episode Star One, and uh, he yeah. he has to assume the personality of Travis, doesn't he? he on the spot, on feet, and he does it, he? and he does, yeah. he does. That's the, exactly the right phrase. He thinks on his feet, yes, uh, to capture this guard. And you say about the tea strainer that bit there. <laughs> I love how the shot from behind of the trooper you can clearly see through his tea strainer. Yeah, well, that, I mean that when when I had mine, I I made mine clear through because it was a little bit of extra. Breathing. Ventilation, yeah. Yeah. Interestingly, though, because I, I know um, this, this, the, the, you'll probably have to cut all this out because it will bore people stupid. Because I know you're in the process of having a helmet made. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And it was interesting because you get some really good shots of the strap work. Yes. So not only have they got a chin <laughs> strap, they've got a rear neck strap. Yeah, you're, yeah. you're, you're, you're exactly the same as me, Ian. I was yeah. watching this and thinking, oh, I've got, I've, I've got to screen grab this. I need yeah. this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, this is this is the life of a, a model maker or a costumer. It ruins, pro doesn't it? Ruin programs. It, you can't enjoy things anymore because you're you, looking and go. You can't oh, detach yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Apparently, you know, Graham, the guy who's uh, putting the uh, helmet together for me, the ideal tea strainer for anybody who's thinking yep. about doing one is from Sainsbury's. Sainsbury's, ah. Sainsbury's do a perfect tea strainer for that. Yeah. Okay. Which I, I I would love to have had a scene of the the Federation guards bivouacking and pouring tea through their helmets. Yeah, that would, be, that would have been amazing. 
I would love to hear, you know, the, um, yeah, yeah, you know, the idea of, you know, oh yes, this this is a filter that stops chemical yeah. attacks oh, and blah blah, yeah. blah 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 blah. And it's like, no, it doesn't. Luck, You've got all this of, air that yeah. goes around the sides. Why is that there? Never, <laughs> yeah, we never had those Star Wars visual guidebooks for Blake. No, <laughs> Blake space flares. Can put out fires <laughs> at a range of twenty meters. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. All right, but um, they have the guard pretend to to have them hostage, uh, which goes totally wrong, and a firefight starts. Yep. And um, during the middle of that, Blake finds a computer console, and after only six tries at randomly choosing cells on the map, he finds the one that uh, Avalon, Avalon is held in. Yeah, well, I, I, I mean, I sort of put that down that they're trying. Travis and Co are a bit like Legs and Co, isn't it? Travis and Co, his dancing <laughs> guards. There, I think they've tried to make it as easy as possible. So I reckon Blake's thinking himself a little bit smug. Whatever he's putting in, I reckon after six goes, it's going to show him the correct location. Yeah. But they don't sniff a rat through any no. of this at all. No. Um. Although it it goes about as well as their normal uh, this is rescue true. and escape situations, so you know, yeah. g- give them their dues. Because the next bit, I mean, oh blimey, they open the door next to them, and her cell is only the second one along, yeah. and yeah. not at all where it is on that map. I think on her map it shows it it's it's at the end of a corridor, but here she's two doors in. I can imagine uh, on when they came into filming, they said, right, we've done all the graphics. So where, where's uh, the sixth cell along? We've only got two. What? Yeah, we <laughs> run out of plywood. Uh, Blake still can't contact the Liberator. Um, the firefight oh. continues. They get Avalon, now covered up in a tunic, and they try to escape the way they came in. Yeah, um, Blake gentlemanly takes off and gives her... The flimsiest nylon part of his tunic. Yeah, but yeah, you say gentlemanly, but it's not his idea. It's Villa who says, "Oh, she'll freeze to death like that." Yeah, quite rightly. Which fed fed deuce to Villa because, although I suppose it doesn't cover her legs, so Villa's still happy, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's got a thing for legs. We found that yeah. out on the Baben yeah. episode, didn't we? Yes. Yeah. So- all right. Well, Blake gets shot in the arm during all this. They have a near miss with the robot outside. They teleport back up, and Blake's not happy when he arrives there. Do you reckon we should add up how many times Blake's been shot, but only through, does he survive through plot convenience? Because he was <laughs> shot in Spaceful, wasn't he? Twice. He was, he yeah. He's shot in the shoulder here. I'm beginning to think Blake's a robot. <laughs> yes, yes. Welcome back. Hula, Jenna, get the ship moving. Gan, take care of Avalon, put it on the cabin. If the Federation find out where we are, they'll send up everything they've got after us. What went wrong? I was about to ask you that. Um, Avalon has got changed into a lovely pink number. Now, yeah. um, is that Callie's? Is yeah, that Callie's? Is that. it Jenna's or is it out of the storeroom? Um, well, I suppose the storeroom, we don't know. We've never seen it, so there could be stuff in there. But, I mean, her build's similar to Callie, and they're in Callie's quarters, aren't they? I presume. Yeah. yeah it's yeah, hard yeah. to tell. No one puts any pictures <laughs> up, do they? Um, they never do. No, they don't personalise it a lot. And those couches look so uncomfortable. 
every time you look at that, it's like this is it. This is all you're gonna do. Go to another planet. Get, go to your you know your Home Depot uh, place yeah, and, to, and and get some furniture. Go to the planet of IKEA. Yeah. Yes, planet IKEA. That is a good name for Blake Seven. I, it is actually. Or a character name could be IKEA. Yeah, it goes to pieces quickly in the situation. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, Avalon wants to know where her tunic is. Um, and as she's asking that, Chevna is looking thoughtful. Yeah, um, he's, he's spotted something's up. Yeah, he's smelling a rat. Yeah. Callie tells her she's admired her work for some time. So here again, we've got yeah. another thing that, you know, Avalon has been at this for a while. Yeah, it doesn't fit, does it? It doesn't, not at all. Um, on the flight deck, Blake is examining the Federation rifle that they brought back with them. And I love this sequence. Avalon seems to have recovered. Jenna, there's something wrong. There's something about our escape that bothers me. Well, like what, for instance? Like the fact that we did escape. Federation troops are very efficient. They're highly trained. Now, they totally outnumbered us, and yet we still managed to escape. We were lucky. Yes, we were. One of those guards got a clear shot at me. The impact knocked me over, that's all. That should have ripped your shoulder off. Yes, and Avalon was hit in the leg. A nasty kick, that's all. Avon, what do you make of this? It's not standard issue. Low energy bolt discharge. This could bruise or stun, but it couldn't cause any serious injury. A dud gun doesn't make sense. Exactly. I think they wanted us to escape. That's an interesting idea, but I don't see the logic. Neither do I. The Federation chases you all over the galaxy with a highly understandable desire to destroy you. Then, when they've got you pinned down, they let you go. Why? They could have got all of us. There were still three of you left on the Liberator. The Liberator. That's it. They must want the Liberator. The only way they could do that is to put somebody here on board. The whole thing has been set up and we have fallen for it beautifully. Not Avalon. I mean, we are sure that woman is Avalon, aren't we? Well, yes, I've only met her once, but yes, that's her. Then it must be Shevna. Shevna. I do, but I don't... I, part of it... It's an almost perfect sequence, except when Gareth Thomas is placing that cup. And ah. he obviously, he get, he's trying to place it directly on, obviously, the pole that's going to knock it up. <laughs> and I thought, just just leave it, set it up, and don't have him do it. And I he will just re- swings round and fires. That would I, that would have worked. I will read you my notes, which is not yeah. on a KFC napkin, okay? He very carefully puts the metal tumbler onto the table. I'm guessing to put it in exactly the right yeah. place for the whatever it is that pops up to make it work. Yeah, exactly. And it, it's so noticeable that, <laughs> that he does it. He doesn't, he doesn't just pick it up and plonk it down. That would have worked. Having it there to start with, that would have worked. The only thing that doesn't work is what he does. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you could have solved this. You could have ha- had a shot of him going to put the tumbler down, cut away and see him it's already down you didn't have to film him putting it on the table no not linger on it either it betrays it straight away you know um but i do love this sequence i i i I, I love the dialogue i love the way 
he says to Avon, what do you make of this? And throws it across and Avon catches it and, you know, just takes two seconds looking at it and says, oh, it's not standard issue, you know. Yeah, I wonder Even... what gave that away. <laughs> what gave it that standard away? standard issue to me. I reckon there's a label on there that says not reckon... standard issue. He's just reading a label on, yeah. <laughs> on the magazine. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's but interesting Blake... as well that, yeah, it, it would have been, it's quite a good feature that these guns can stun as well, doesn't it? Yes. Because yes. then they say that, um, uh, Avon says it could uh, stun or... Give you a nasty bruise, but yeah. yeah. And then, and, and then uh, hysterically as well, they, they uh, Jenna says, uh, when Blake says, they shot me at point blank range, she goes, that should have torn your arm off. <laughs> We've never seen this gun do that before, have we? I've Where never seen an that? arm blown off. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think what she should have said, that could have set off some flash powder in your pocket. That would have been much more accurate. <laughs> that would have been more like it. But, uh, yeah, Blake realises that they're after the Liberator. And yeah. they all assume it's got to be Chevna because, you know, Jenna says, well, I only met her once, but, yes, that's her. Um, and he and they... I think they're looking at... He's a bit shifty looking, isn't he? They're very he, judgmental. Maybe that's why, yeah. Maybe we're meant to believe that. I mean, you know, it's nearly 40 years ago that I first saw this, and I can't remember if I thought, oh, Chevna's the bad guy. I really can't. But uh, they I think... think... Even at, yeah, even at a young age, I, I think this was would have been such a, uh, a trope that had been done to death. As soon as they make a fuss that it's got to be this person, you know it's going to be the other person. And I mm. think... Everyone watching would. I mean, it'd be interesting to see if any, if any of our listeners have watched it recently for the first time. Mm. Did you, you know, did you twig what was going on, or did you, uh, yeah. did you think? Has that your the, wife uh, watched this one? She didn't know. She 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 you came in. Yeah, she came in about halfway through on this one, and um, sort of wasn't really watching it, just glancing up. You should put it on for her and see if she yeah. thinks it is actually Chevna. Yeah, it actually be quite good actually because she does. Halfway through, she'll say she'll say what she thinks is going on, and say, "Is that right?" And I say, "Do you really want to know?" And then yeah. she'll go, "Yeah," and I'll tell her, and then she'll go, "Oh, I've lost interest." <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, maybe you can try that experiment. Yeah, that's actually a good experiment. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, Gan is left on the flight deck, and they go off to find Chevna. Uh, they find Callie knocked out. Um, yes. Avalon appears on the flight deck and asks Gan for her tunic. Avalon, come and sit down. Here, let me help you. You feeling better now? I'm fine, thank you. Ah, good. Yeah. Where's Blake? Oh, he's gone to look for Shevna. Wait a minute, wasn't wasn't Shevna with you? Yes, but he attacked Callie, and then he dragged me out. I thought he was going to use me as a hostage, but he just went off somewhere. So Blake was right. Well, they'll find him. Don't you worry. Is there anything you want? Oh, yes. My tunic. There is something I need. Oh, well, I'll go and find it for you. Now, I've seen and I, I, I've heard and I've read, you know, lots of people always dismiss Gan. People don't like Gan. But I like Gan. I've always liked Gan. I've, to, to me, Gan is the conscience of the crew. He's like the Jiminy Cricket of the crew. And, you know, I, th I, I think he's a nice guy who wasn't at all served well by the uh, stories. No, I think they, they could have done so much more with Gan. And I, I agree. I always, because when I was younger, I was a bit of a chunky monkey. 
and uh, I sort of identified with Gan. Hmm. And I, when I was watching it, I always liked Gan, and I thought, you know, yeah, that would that would be me. Um, yeah. But they, yeah, they never. I mean, because he's 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 loyal. He usually what he says is sensible. You know. Yeah. He yeah, is. He's, yeah, he's, he is sensible. That's a good word for yeah. him. And he is loyal, you know, and he's nice and he's kind. And, you know, um, an episode we're going to do uh, shortly on uh, Shadow, you know, yeah. he's the one who actually finally stands up to Blake and he objects yeah. to what Blake is doing because, it, you know, it, it it's not right, you know. Yeah. And, and that's what Gan is. He he wants the right thing and he's a nice guy and he sees the best in people. And it could, uh, it could have been done a bit like uh, classic Trek, where you had sort of, you know, uh, Spock was Kirk's cold logical side, and McCoy mm. was Kirk's emotional side, and they could have done it like that, where you know Gan was the person that kept Blake on the, you know, by not stepping over into being yeah. a terrorist, and it, yeah. Yeah, but they just didn't. They just had him break things. No. And... It's such a shame yeah. because, you know, the actor I know was a big science fiction fan. Yeah. You know, he was a fan of the show. And, yeah, he, he was really, um, you know, the character wasn't treated well. Yeah, and I, I mean, I've, I've met, I met the actor a couple of times at different cons and that. And um, he always come across as a, such a nice man. And so mm. unlike, I mean, because obviously he's an actor, he's not Gan, but... He, he he's so intelligent. He was so intelligent and so full of great ideas, and it's like, oh, such a yeah, shame. What could have been? We yeah. are going to have some way, way in the future. We're going to have a Gan special episode, so we'll uh, we'll return to this subject. We'll do injustice okay. then. Yeah, but uh, <clears throat> back to this show. Chevna reaches Jenna, who's <clears throat> sorry, he's all beat up and bloody, and uh, promptly dies. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Gan takes Avalon to the teleport bay, which is where her tunic is, and he gives her her tunic. And she takes another one of those balls out as Jenna comes in and says, that's not Avalon. Yeah, it's, I mean, going back to where um, Jenna finds Chevna, I I didn't really like that, because again, it's it's downplaying, again, Jenna's character is meant to be this tough smuggler scene the world. And she's the one that she screams, screams when yeah. when a man with some ketchup on his face. It's not, I mean, it's not like you know, it wasn't a big wound in that. I still think he probably just slipped off of those uncomfortable beds, and that's how he hit his head. Um, but yeah, and then so they get yeah, they go to the, the the teleport bay. A lot of stuff happens in the teleport bay, doesn't it? It always does, doesn't it? Almost, yeah. yeah, it's obviously because it's, it's one of the standing sets, I suppose. Yeah. Um, and I always find this bit a bit clunky in that. Surely you would have programmed uh, Robot Avalon as soon as she got that ball. Crush. Yes. Why Why does she... I mean, they, they try and sort of show as if she's dropped it to break it and it lands on her gown, luckily. Yeah. But it's so clunky. See, this was my next question. I mean, presumably, you know, when we saw that subject, he was in a sealed room and it killed him within 30 seconds and then, yep. you know et itself and over presumably if that had happened on the liberator that would have been almost instantaneous okay so all she needed to do was get the ball and crush it and everybody would be dead immediately yeah i suppose you could i suppose because it in 23 seconds it uh it nullifies itself so if someone's i don't know what speed it travels this 
infection. If someone's more than 23 seconds away, it would die before oh, it got I suppose. to them. So I, I so suppose. Perhaps, okay, perhaps I'm being a bit harsh. Perhaps she was programmed to wait until they were all... She was going to gather them all, all together, together. Tell them a story. Yeah. 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 The other thing that, that I, I, I laughed out loud watching it, and I've seen this in other programs, and it's mad. So as soon as they realised that's not Avalon. She starts making worry, worry robot noises. <laughs> you've got my notes again. Yeah. yeah, you've got this clockwork noise. Yeah. 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 Oh, dear. Weirdly, um, I, I show you sort of the, the level of excitement of my life. In uh, uh, Me and a mate at work on a lunch break decided to watch a classic episode of Star Trek, and we chose Spock's brain. And they do oh, the same dear. thing in that, where they yeah. put the... the the control device on into Spock's head and he starts making clockwork noises when he moves. <laughs> it's rubbish. It's Did they really think rubbish. the audience was that stupid that, oh, if, if she doesn't make worry noises, they, they, they might think it's the real Avalon. <sighs> it's poor. It is really poor. All right. But the others come in and they manage to subdue her and tie her up. And uh, sometime later, up on the flight deck, Zen has scanned the ball, and he says it's full of a mutated fungus plague. And... I love that. I love uh, Zen's little thing because he puts so much little details that make it realistic. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, erroneously known as such and such fungus, but little bits like that, superb. Yeah. That makes it. That Zen is adds it? so much. Yeah. <laughs> Slave wouldn't have done that, would he? All right. The the next bit is uh, you know it's just hilarious because. Avon t- <laughs> takes the side of Avalon's head off. Yeah. If she'd managed to crush that, we'd have been wiped out and the Liberator left totally unharmed. It very nearly worked, too. They've made a perfect replica. This is the best robotic engineering I've ever seen. I never had a moment's doubt that she was Avalon. I talked with her about her work. Not details, but her reasons and beliefs. I still find it hard to believe. Brilliant programming. They transferred complete key areas of Avalon's personality. It's really quite impressive. And the only person it didn't completely fool was Shervner. Ah, but he'd known the real Avalon for quite some time. He must have been suspicious of this one. That's why it killed him. He shouldn't have tried to tackle it, He probably didn't. Just being suspicious would have been enough. A machine of this type would have recognized that easily. More easily than we would. Can you make it safe? I can deprogram it. Scramble its brain. Can you reprogram it? No. A few minor functions, perhaps. Not much else. That's enough. Oh, now, yeah, he says, uh, I've never seen such sophistication. This is what I, my yeah. question for you. Which is worse, right? The bit of hair that's got a bit of circuitry on the underside that looks like it came out of a radio, or that CSO colourful uh, plastic I, I up and down bit on the side a of her head? head filled with transistors yeah i would have had that because it's such a and again it 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 moves about it you know it's video and film and, you know, it's hard to get this stuff right but it it reminded me do you remember um uh i can't remember it was the first or the second issue of 2000 ad where you got the, the biotronic stickers, stickers. yeah, yeah. That, and that's <laughs> yes. what it looked like to me yeah yeah it's just oh it is just so fake yeah um I mean, you know, I know we say someone 
some of the effects wouldn't have seemed too bad back then because of the limitation of televisions. But come on. And as as hilarious as all this is, the icing on the cake is what you say there. Avon's, this is the best robotic engineering I've ever seen. As you see this colourful plastic going up and down, it's like... (laughs) Yeah, she's got a pulley system, hasn't she, in her head? It's... It makes no sense. (laughs) It makes no sense. I suppose it's it's a difficult thing to do because um, I don't know whether you ever used to watch like uh, Next Generation, Star Trek Next Generation. Whenever they took Data's head apart, it right. always was clunky and it was always LEDs. I mean, that, mm. in the 80s, LEDs were the height of uh, sophistication. sophistication. Yeah, yeah. So everything. It's like, why has he got lights in his head? You know, is he like a fridge where if you close the patch, it goes off? It? Yeah. Why do you need it? Exactly. <laughs> um, so they, but yeah, I would I would have rather had a lovely... Even if it looked like a shop dummy with a wig on, I'd rather had a lovely actual prop there that Avon could have dove his hand into and pulled wires yes. out. Yeah. That would, you know, obviously, I mean, would it have cost as much more? I, I, these these effects, although they look cheap and nasty now, I bet they were quite expensive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And time yeah. consuming as yeah. well. Yeah. yeah. We could have knocked them up ahead, couldn't we? <laughs> Blake asks Avon if he can reprogram it, but he says yeah. he can only make it do the most basic of things. So they go back to rescue Avalon. Yes, and a lovely, uh, a lovely bit of um, annoyed acting from Travis, and yeah, realizes right, uh... a bit of this we've already covered yeah. in the Mutoid thing. Yeah. But yes, yeah, Travis is told the Liberators back. Blake is in the lab with Avalon and is demanding to see him. Yeah. Now, I'm going to play the entire scene here um, as, um, you know, it's very, very entertaining. As soon as, you know, he and Servalan end up in the lab, I'm going to play it all because, like I was saying with the Avon bit, this bit, you know, I love it. Yeah, and deserves I can't to be find any, entirety, I, yeah. yeah, I can't find... Any break point, okay? So I'm going to play it now. Ah, Travis. Didn't work. It was very clever, but it didn't work. How did you stop it? Does it matter? All I want to do is finish what I started. I'm going to take Avalon out of here. I don't think so. That would not be very clever. You wouldn't do it. What have I got to lose? It's not a pleasant death, Blake. So I gather. But it would have its compensations. I'd share it with you. And the Supreme Commander. Are you quite sure I wouldn't do it? Bring the prisoner in. Let her go. I said, let her go. You still have to get her out of here, Blake. Are you sure your teleport's fast enough to stop me killing you both? Put this bracelet on your wrist. I'm afraid we've had to reprogram your machine slightly. It's nowhere near as sophisticated as it was, but it will perform a few basic functions. Raise your arm. Enough. Open your thumb and forefinger. 
close the thumb and forefinger. Enough. The robot will crush the file in response to one of three triggers. A particular word, a specific sound, or a certain movement. You had all better be very, very careful what you say and do. Bring us up. I love this sequence. Um, I love the way it's staged. And also, you know, thinking about it, it's quite a momentous one because this is the very yes. first time that yeah. Blake and Servalan ever met, as far as we know, ever yeah. meet face to face. Well, I think it must be because he sort of, he, the way he acts it as if it's the first time he's met, isn't it? Supreme Commander. Um, Supreme yeah, Commander, it's, yeah. You, you, you forget that a lot of our heroes and villains don't really meet. No. Which I quite like that. I like, I, you know, they shouldn't, because if, if every week they bump into each other, and I, I know in season four that sort of started to happen with Silverland. Every week, oh, it's Silverland, you know. If they never meet, you you don't get into that situation of why don't they just shoot her? Mm. You know, why why didn't Blake just have when he programmed uh, robot Avalon? Why didn't he just have it that as soon as you see us teleports gone, crush? Yeah, yeah. yeah it, so it it's, it's it would really have saved so many deaths, yeah. wouldn't it? Yeah. If if he teleported up, kill Serverland, kill Travis. So many deaths that we're going to see in the, the next two, you know, yeah. seasons it, of this show would never have happened. Bit. Yeah, it's because Blake's quite happy to gun down troopers. Mm. He'll gun down a hundred troopers and then say, "No, I'm not going to kill Travis. I would enjoy it." Or just shoot him. You know, yeah, just shoot. So just gun them all down. Yeah, you could. Yeah, you yeah, could yeah. Take over. I mean, he, he spends so much time looking for Star One. He's got the head of the Federation there. Yeah. Just shoot her. <laughs> that should be the motto of the program. Just shoot her. But it is terrific. I love this whole Just thing about, her, you yeah. know, um, you know, I've programmed the robot to do a, you know, it's going to act on specific, you know, uh, word, motion, you know, whatever. No, no, it's terrific. Gareth Thomas plays it with just the right amount of smugness, doesn't he? He, <laughs> yeah. he is so smug in this. Yeah. It's like, ah, I've got you now, haven't I? Would you, I'd, I'd have liked the Sin Taran in that scene, actually. I think the smug levels would have gone overboard. But I don't think we could bear it, you know? But yeah, he's, Gareth Thomas is superb. He is, I yeah. mean, every time we get back to season sort of one and season two, you just forget how amazing this program was. Yeah. And then you're reminded of it when you watch something like yeah. this. Oh, it's terrific. <laughs> terrific fun. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, they teleport up. Um, Travis, you know, he, he gingerly goes across and manages to catch the ball when you know Robot Again, Avalon drops it. He's putting himself in harm's way. He, he is. Does, you know, I, I like the fact that he's not just a, a sneery... Or cowardly villain. I mean, a lot of times in these shows, the villains are cowardly. Yeah. And he's not. He, you know, he risks it. Does gets no thanks for it. Mm. Do you think Travis Mark II would have done that? Would have. I think actually Travis Mark II would have happily had just kicked it himself to break it if he knew it would take everyone else with it. I think he was That's so. True. He was so off his chump by that point that. He would, yeah, he would have. That would have been an ideal way to commit. I mean, he 
in Star One, he's happy to take the entire galaxy yes. down with him. So yeah, I yeah, I don't think they would have survived that with Travis Mark II. He would have gone <laughs> over and uh, thunder punched Avalon to get her to drop it. Yeah. <laughs> Good point, good point. All right, but at the end of it, you know, he catches the ball and he's told that he's relieved of command. And uh, the episode really it ends with him muttering on how he'll get yeah. Blake one day. You know, you know, as long as it take, uh, takes, if it takes all my life, I'm going to get you, Blake. Again, similarities to On the Buses. <laughs> yeah, I'll get you, Blake. Uh, get I would have loved it if, if instead of finishing there, they would have, he says this bit, Blake, if I have to track you down, and one of the the mutoid Glyn look it cuts to her and she goes, "Did you say something? What?" <laughs> what? They do. They yeah. wander off while he's muttering away yeah. on the floor just like that. Yeah, let's leave him. <laughs> with the with the 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 plague thing, no yes. one seems no one no there's no one seems concerned that this is now there. Yes. When you want to get you know put it back in its little box. <laughs> um, now, presumably, I mean that's how the um, the episode ends. But presumably, Blake took the real way of Avalon to a new planet, yeah. where she could start another revolution. Um, now, I, again, we've mentioned this before. I'm surprised that Big Finish haven't done anything yeah. uh, about doing any Avalon solo stories, where Can she's you know seeding insurrection. Alive? I don't know. I know that she uh, Avalon actually does reappear in a big Finnish story called oh. The Way Ahead. It was their 40th anniversary story called The Way Ahead. Yeah. And Avalon was in that, but uh, voiced by a different actor. Yeah. So, I don't know. But yeah, they, All right. we, never, we never got any continuity really did we between episodes it was nice like the next episode could they have were been standalones them. they were yeah, very much standalones weren't they they could have it, you know t- it, she could have been back on board and they could have been taken her off somewhere and got into another scrape yeah. or yeah. yeah but yeah no you never never heard it from again no all right behind the scenes we said way back at the beginning of this episode which is quite a long time ago now seems, yeah, um, seems yeah. longer than uh, than avalon's resistance career <laughs> The cave scenes were filmed in Wookiee Hole, uh, yes. near near Wells in Somerset. Um, as I say, same location as uh, Doctor Who's Revenge of the Cybermen. Now, yeah. in the original script, it wasn't um, Jenna that had met uh, Callie before. Uh, sorry, um, uh, Avalon before. It was actually um, Callie. Which makes more okay. sense. It makes much more sense because, you know, she was in the same line of work, wasn't she? You know? Yeah, I wonder if this was this was changed purely to give Jenna something to do because the the cast is too big. I love all the characters, but the cast is too big for what they're doing with it. So yeah. cer- certain cast members get like where it's the Gan thing again, isn't it? It they need to give people things to do. So you you do get these things where where someone will say a line or do a scene, and you think that's not right for them. That should have been yeah. blah blah blah. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, totally the case here. Um, Sally Nivette, she complained that she wasn't given much to do, so they changed it from Callie to Jenna. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this episode also saw the second and last appearance of that Federation robot. This is the last time we see it. Oh. Was that, something, was that something in your room falling over in shock it, at the realisation? 
Was it a robot actually, falling off a shelf? Rip, no, it was Ripley falling off the shelf. So I think she was so shocked that Jenna complained of not having anything to do <laughs> that she's uh, taken a nosedive. Okay. All right. Uh, the shootout, the firefight that we were talking about, you know, in the base, it was yep. inspired, totally inspired by the opening of Star Wars. Okay. Oh, right. Which came out, you know, uh, the same week that Blake Seven aired. Yeah, so yeah. Now that you say it, it is. Yeah, it is very reminiscent of it. In fact, the whole, the whole prison thing is very reminiscent of, of the Death Star escape, isn't it? It's it is. Even, it is. Yeah, oh, on on a millionth of the budget, though. Yeah. 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 We uh, the budget for this probably wouldn't have paid for Darth Vader's helmet, would it? <laughs> Or, or the catering, you know. Yeah it, yeah, it wouldn't have paid for a Wookiee's hole, would it? Uh, no. <laughs> As I said earlier, yeah, big finish. Um, Avalon made a reappearance in The Way Ahead, um, but this time she was played by uh, a lady by the name of uh, Olivia Poulet. Okay. Oh. Okay. Now, the other snippet I've got is uh, before being cast as Avalon, uh, the actress Julia Vidler she had actually gone up for the role of Jenna. Oh. I, okay. um... Can you see her I, as Jenna? She's still too young, no. isn't she? Yeah, too too young. And, I, I mean, is this a good sample of her acting talents? Because, uh, without being nasty, if it was, no, I, no, I don't think she would do it. Mm. She mm. could, I think she could possibly play a character like uh, Callie, because she could do it in the emotionless Spock as an alien yes. type way, yes, but yeah, yes. as a as a wily smuggler, no, as, as our Han Solo character, no, no. Now she hasn't done much acting at all. Um, you surprise me. Yeah, IMDb has her down for only eight roles. Oh, wow. Okay, um, and out of them, her genre tally is just this, and she played Bar in power play now sooner or later we're going to do power play i don't remember recognizing her in power play that's the the second one of from yeah. season four you know that's the homics and the the Seska, homics isn't it yeah and the seska yeah she's so, bar so she do you mean she was barred from it they took <laughs> her off the set um bar I, was barred she might well have been like a uh, a background Lady Villager, something like that. Did she speak in it? No, no, Bar is actually there. Um, the, the Seska, um, yeah, I haven't watched it for ages. The Seska, there's only about like three of them. Oh, good. And uh, yeah, she's one of them called Bar. Yeah. Yes. Surprisingly, uh, I haven't watched it <laughs> for a long, long, long time. Well, um, we, but you've we, got to yeah, watch it sometime soon. Yeah, yes. I'm, I'm so looking forward to that yeah, one. Yeah, sorry about that, Ian. Uh, so she, the, the, this Julia Vidler, she may be the lowest scorer ever that wasn't an extra because her genre tally is two for wow. these two Blake she's, Sevens. She's not going to uh, knock uh, Mr. Bronson off his perch, is she? Not at all. I mean, he's one end and I think she's yeah. the other end. Yes. Wow. So, uh, with the tally thing out of the way, it, it's shout-out time again. Okay? Oh, excellent. Yes. I like uh, this yeah. people are commenting. It makes, you know... It is. It, it, it's good to see it's growing. Needed. Yeah, yeah. It, it's very, very slowly growing, and I'm very glad to see it, and hopefully, you know, it'll grow more. Folks, if you're out there, you know, come along to our Facebook page. Um, you, we're not going to bite your head off, you know, contribute, 
you, you know, add to it. You know, it all yeah. makes for a, a, a much more uh, of a fun Facebook page. Uh, no, my, my, my shout out this time is to Mark Hevingham. Uh, who who has just uh, as time of recording yesterday he put up a fantastic picture of uh, section league uh, Clegg yes. wearing their Hal Mellonby shades. That was superb. That, it was superb. Doesn't, super... it him, doesn't he look? <laughs> he looks even better. The question is: Is he that menacing with those shades on or not? <laughs> could, could could someone go and uh, and spend several weeks of their life and edit that into the program? Using a lot of probably more budget than the the, the program had. Uh, yes, Mark, we're talking to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he's also put up Mr. Bronson on the Liberators teleport <laughs> bay. You know, <laughs> Mr. Bronson, he looks a bit uh, a bit Bondish, doesn't he, old Bronson? He does there? look very Bondish. <laughs> yes, in that. Yeah. Anybody who doesn't know what the heck we're talking about, please go along to our Facebook page. You'll see what Mark's done there. Scroll down, you'll find him. Mark, thank you very, very much. I, I, I do appreciate um, what you're doing um, on the page, and thank you very much for your contribution. I like that someone's someone's donated a partial bit of their day. I don't know how long it would have took, <laughs> took me ages. Uh, based on the drivel that we spout, I know that yeah. sort of that, that that cheers me up. <laughs> it does doesn't it all right that, that okay with that um all i can say is uh join us next time um we're staying with the goodies you know this is the uh, not, not the goodies we were talking about earlier oh yeah let's um, do the goodies <laughs> i always like tim yeah yeah no i like bill um and graham um and the kitten um, yeah. okay no join us next time where we stay with the goodies uh we're going to be taking a look at del grant from um, season three, okay? Excellent. Or is it two? No, it's two. Two. Season two. Two. Sorry, sorry, sorry. This has been a long recording. We're at like one hour, nearly 40. So, uh, yeah. But worth it, I hope. I hope people stick with us. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Anybody who's kept awake through this, thank you very much for listening. And uh, we'll see you next time, all right? Right. See you again, then. Bye. Bye -bye. Bye-bye. (laughs) Bye-bye.